Hello, and thank you for joining us on the Stay Healthy Knoxville podcast, brought to you by Simply Physio, aimed at helping you live an enjoyable, fit, and healthy life in and around our community of Knoxville, Tennessee. And now, here is your host, Dr. John Mark Chesney. Welcome, Stay Healthy Knoxville. I'm um, excited to have on the show Dr. Randy Pardue. Um, Dr. Pardue is a practicing family physician with over 25 years' experience in managing the health care of hundreds of patients. He was one of the first in the medical community to identify the effect lifestyle habits have on patient health and quality of, um, of life. Dr. Pardue is a primary care physician at Tr- Trinity Medical Associates and uh, has um, a growing concern over the number, uh, the high number and increasingly lower age of patients presenting with chronic diseases along with the need to prescribe more and higher doses of medication to manage these medical conditions. This led to a personal commitment to identify new scientifically proven methods to prevent, delay, and reverse the development of chronic diseases and transform how American physicians treat chronic diseases. He observed that while medications might improve a patient's lab number, the patient's quality of life often does not improve. In fact, controlling disease often requires the management of more and more medications and their side effects. Equally alarming is the rapid, rapidly increasing number of patients developing chronic conditions at younger and younger ages. And thus he developed um, a prescription-free alternative to prevent and reverse chronic disease uh, called Vital Signs. In 2010, Dr. Purdue co-founded Vital Signs to support his new and transformative process for managing chronic uh, disease. So that's what we're going to talk about here um, today is reversing chronic illnesses with Dr. Randy Pardue. So welcome to the show, Dr. Pardue. Thank you, John Mark. Great to be here. Awesome. Well, um, I love to start to hear uh, just your story of how you got started in medicine. What was that path? What was that journey for you um, from the beginning to where you are today? Well, I, I really didn't grow up wanting to be a physician. I There was no one in my family that was a physician. And um, when I got to college, I I was actually initially interested in dental school. And, and then I just had uh, a lot of friends that were thinking toward medical school. My roommate was. Uh, just before my freshman year, my dad got uh, pancreatic cancer and was sick for several months and then died. And I think just that experience, seeing um, seeing how physicians cared for him, and mm-hmm. um, uh, just the experience of being with him in the hospital and such, just made me think more and more about medicine. Right, and then um, so you um, got your degree. Um, is it at UT? At yeah, U- UT in Knoxville, and okay. then my uh, medical degree at UT Memphis. Okay, Did, were you um, raised here in around Tennessee? I was raised in Kingsport. Kingsport, okay. So you're East Tennessee through and through. It sounds like, yeah. Uh-huh. Nice. So, um, so as you got into um, medicine, did you see yourself going into like the family care? What's well, been your journey as far as you know over your 25 years in family medicine? Pretty much from early on. Yes, I uh, w- when I was in medical school, I was focused on the idea of treating sort of the whole patient, you know, whole person, whole whole families. Uh, having long-term relationships, um, you know, really having the and just and I, just like I've seen in my practice over thirty years, having these very long-term relationships where I very get very close to extended families, 
And then in that, I'm able to have an influence on sort of the whole person. Gotcha. And then, so I understand we we um, had a conversation earlier preparing for the podcast, and um, it sounds like that there was kind of like a, I don't know if there was a, a moment where you realized that you're um, kind of the way medicine's being delivered, like isn't effective in the way that you want to help. Could you um, tell us a little bit more about if that was a gradual kind of realization or if there was just a, a moment that just kind of hit you, which created this, uh, this journey in towards uh, vital signs? Well, it was, it, I think it was a combination of, of gradual and then some specific moments. Um, in the early 90s, practicing family medicine, we were really, my partner and I were practicing just, I would say, just guideline-based traditional medicine. And so if you take a, the, a typical diabetic patient, for example, um, you really, you definitely would recommend diet and exercise. It's not that we didn't believe in that or didn't recommend it, but we didn't have any confidence that it would make any difference. And so really, when you started with a diabetic, you started down a road of, of starting meds, and it was evident that they're going to end up on eight or nine medications. And, and the more we watched folks, we realized we were, as you mentioned in the intro, that we were treating numbers, so cholesterol, blood pressure, blood sugar. So we're sort of, we realized we were treating the branches and not the roots. So we're putting people on a bunch of meds that sort of prune the branches and, and didn't do anything to treat the roots of the disease. And, and so what we realized is that we were, people were ending up on eight or nine medications, but we're getting sicker and sicker, you know. And so, so we, you know, you're thinking, well, are we going to add a year or two to the end of these folks' lives but usher them along a life of just this sort of gradual decline in functional wellness? And, uh, and so that just became, it really became sort of a miserable thing, uh, to think, well, this is not what I went into medicine for. Sure. And so it, it's we started thinking about, well, how can it be different? Mm-hmm. Was um, this kind of change or shift in mindset, was that um, beyond just like your experience in your own practice? Um, was there, um, you know, people that were shifting towards this way that you'd started to explore um, to, to figure out how to change really the way that you're practicing medicine? At that time... What, what time are we talking yeah. about? Just yeah, this this is in the early nineties, early, early to mid nineties. Okay. Um, well, okay. So, other people doing different things. Well, just I can give you just one example, and this is one of the things that probably had a turning point. I had this this wonderful patient who was a, a Vietnam vet, and um, he he and I were were close. He was really funny, and he he was very loud, and and I can remember. Um, he was sitting, the nurse had just put him in the room. He was sitting in there. And before I even got into the room, uh, he, he, he started talking. He said, he said, Dr. Pardue, he said, I'm, he said, I'm off all that medicine you, you gave me. And, and he said, that ridiculous diet you put me on. And, uh, and I was like, what? what? What are you talking about? And he said, well, you know, you put me on that low-fat diet. And he said, I, it was, I was just getting less and less healthy, and you had me on all this medicine. He said, I started the protein power plan. And he, uh, it was a diet um, that, that was popular in the 90s along with the Adkins and others that came from a, a husband and wife medical team named the Eads. And he had gotten a, uh, 
literally, uh, I think it was off an infomercial or something. He had he had he had purchased this diet, and had uh, had followed it, you know, fairly closely it seemed, and um, and uh, and just told me he said I he said he said I stopped all your medicine, and I said well, okay, I said the truth's going to be in the numbers, and so I said look, we better you know we better check your numbers and see what's going on. So quickly realized he had lost about 30 pounds and his blood pressure when we checked, it was actually normal mm. off medication. <laughs> and, uh, and then and so I said, well, your cholesterol is going to be sky high. This is going to be awful. You know, your sugar is going to be bad and such. And so, so when we got his numbers back, his, his glucose was virtually normal and his triglycerides had gone from, you know, in the three hundreds down to under one hundred, and so what you know what that did was it didn't make me say, "Oh gosh, the protein power plan is the answer," but it made me say, "Wait, there's something remarkable happening here in this in his physiology, and I need to explore it." Sure. So that that started a huge journey um, there. Well, I love hearing that too. Just you know, being also in, in healthcare. You know, we call it a practice for a reason, and because we're always practicing, and um, you know, having a provider like yourself that's um, sounds like is humble enough enough to like admit, like, hey, you know, I know a lot, but I don't know everything, and um, let's um, let's see how I can continue to refine and improve, and even um, when you have a a patient that's coming here and say, I. I stopped everything you told me to do, and now I'm getting better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but to take that not as um, not as like an offended, you know, I think a lot of providers um, could take that in the wrong way and never use that as a moment to really grow and learn and um, to better their, their themselves. Yeah. Well, what that what that did was it again, like I say, I I didn't suddenly shift my practice, but what I did was I started doing some research. Sure. It just fascinated me. I thought, well, how. What is happening here in his body that his his blood pressure dropped like this? That his sugar dropped? That his triglycerides dropped? So one of the things I did is went back and read the metabolic sections of my uh, med school physiology text, and what I realized is that we had been taught accurate physiology that could have been applied in this way, but then when we had a nutrition course, we had been taught complete nonsense, and um, and so it was just. The, the physiology didn't translate how we were practicing. Right. So, yeah, I think that's, you know, interesting. I, I grew up in um, the 80s, but it was, you know, the time of the low fat everything. You uh-huh. know, yeah. Like, I just remember when, you know, I would look at the label and I was, I guess, always a little bit of health conscious, but how you know a product is good or bad is by just looking at how much fat it has. In Absolutely. It. <laughs> yes. That's what we were taught in school and even just um, how the food pyramid, you know, was at the time and as far as the, the guidelines for nutrition and um, so, and then recognizing now, um, you know, that was the common preached, you know, as far as diet um, guidelines and that there's a complete shift of understanding with that now. Absolutely. And, you know, that, that was really based, the, the interesting thing to look back on that, it was based on really bad science. It, it was based on um, epidemiology, which, which did great for, for getting rid of infectious disease epidemics and that sort of thing. But for multifaceted issues like like nutrition, it just doesn't work. People are given these surveys and and ask, "What did you eat last year?" In essence, and they, they fill out a survey and then they fill one out every four years, and then they presume to generate data from that. 
And it really literally at best generates, you know, what we call correlation. So these two things go together, but they're, they, try to gener- they try to get like real legitimate scientific answers. This causes this, mm-hmm. you know. And so, yeah, so I, I think that's one of the, the, the issue with low-fat diet was just r- really from the beginning very bad science. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's great to hear that even the personal example of you know your um, client, a uh, Vietnam vet, going through that process. So, so it sounds like you started really diving in to the research, and then um, what did, what was kind of that next step? Like, what did you find like as you dove into the research, and then what did that bring you to next? Well, what we really, I, I would say, what we began to notice when when I talk about treating the roots. It's this issue of, of what we call metabolic syndrome. So it was what we begin to look at is that a huge portion of our population and a huge portion of the disease that we saw, so, so heart disease and then and everything that sort of went with that with high cholesterol, high blood pressure, but, but then, you know, every kind of vascular disease, strokes, um, losing limbs, losing kidneys, go, going blind, Everything that went with this kind of chronic disease had roots in what we call metabolic syndrome, which was it's it was tied with their population eating just really bad processed food. So so bad processed food with too much uh, processed starch, you know, uh, too, uh, too much sugar, uh, bad fats, which are really uh, basically you know fats made in a, a chemistry lab, if you will, you know, sort of. Uh, corn oil, things like that, um, mm-hmm. high fructose corn syrup. So we saw that all these things that were in bad processed foods were leading to what we call insulin resistance. I mean, there's sort of a long explanation here. I don't know if I should go into it, but, but the bottom line was that but at, at the roots, folks were not, they couldn't tolerate blood, they couldn't tolerate glucose, and their their muscles were resistant to insulin, and so then there's sort of this cascade of uh, uh, fat cells fill up and can't empty. We can't utilize um, uh, glucose or fat properly for energy. Uh, our triglycerides go way up in the bloodstream. Um, uh, our blood sugar then begins to go up. Um, our blood pressure rises because if we have high insulin, we hold on to salt. So it's just a whole cascade of things were going on that then, um, th- then when you begin to look at the big picture, it contributed to chronic disease. And again, when I look back in my medical text, this stuff was in our medical text back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it wasn't any like new information. It's just that we had not been applying it. So you um, kind of continued on on this journey as far as you know, what is what, a lot of people has probably experienced when in uh, medicine or, you know, family practice is kind of what you described before is um, uh, receiving, you know, going in with some sort of symptoms and coming out with a prescription, some sort of um, medication. And, and then with your, um, you know, clientele you're working with, it's not like really getting back to the roots of probably what physician practice looked like, you know, for our, um, you know, parents, um, as far as when we didn't have all this uh, medication developed and, and looking at um, different changes, um, behavioral changes, right? Vital signs came out of really our, I would say, earlier failures to, to get folks to do this, make the sort of changes that we were 
wanted them to make to address, again, the root causes of disease. So, so again, um, when we began to realize that we weren't helping people by putting them on all these medications, and we began to see some, some of the sort of correct ways to uh, apply diet and exercise and things like that, we still realized that just working with the patient in the office, so if I just gave someone a, a handout or a list, do these things, or if I even just sat there and, and spent a good amount of time giving them accurate information, I found that very few people, now there were a few, I'm not saying none, but so a few would apply it and come back and be changed. But still, what I realized is that most people need just a lot more hands-on. That I, I found there's this principle that's sort of built into the universe uh, called discipleship. And uh, people need... Um, they need, uh, how do I say this, sort of social engagement. They need a, a mentor to not just tell them what to do, but then walk along with them and sort of show them what to do. And, um, and so that's where we, we started thinking about how can we structure that into programs. And that, that was sort of the origin of Vital Signs is, is we really started out with a, with a 12-week program where we met three times a week and exercised and then also had group-based learning and then it just it sort of evolved from there, and, and out of that we've developed, I think we've learned a lot about effective teaching, you know, how do you teach things and get them to stick, uh, and then we've learned a whole lot about behavior change and just the different, the different things we apply um, both in groups and individually that really help people to sustain behavior change. Sure. Well, um, we're going to take um, a break to hear a word from our sponsor. And then when we come back, we're going to be diving more into um, vital signs and hear from Dr. Pardue as far as um, how they specifically work with um, clients that are looking to change the way uh, their health uh, without um, being on medications or that being the primary route. Stay Healthy Knoxville is sponsored by Simply Physio a physio clinic that equips and empowers you to live your life to the fullest so that you can enjoy the things you love to do and be the person you are made to be. Simply Physio specializes in helping people get back to a healthy and active lifestyle, living free from pain and medication and avoiding unnecessary surgery. Stay tuned until the end of the episode to receive a special gift from Simply Physio and enjoy listening to the rest of the episode. Well, we'll come back to um, the podcast. If um, as you're listening here and talking us uh, talking about chronic illnesses, um, maybe you specifically don't have a chronic illness, but I know that you know somebody that does, maybe a loved one, family, or close friend. And um, just um, to read some statistics, uh, more than 29 million Americans have diabetes. That's one, and one in four don't even know it. More than one in three Americans have pre-diabetes. Uh, one in three children and adolescents are overweight or obese. And the most significant increase in pre-diabetes um, are occurring in women between the ages of 20 and 39. And we know also just in the state of Tennessee in our region that the number of prescription medications that people are on and um, as where we rank in just weight and overweight that uh, we as a state rank um, in the lower, the higher, the one of the worst um, there for the state. So, um, so yeah, Dr. Pardue, so, you know, there's obviously plenty of people that need this type of help. Um, just wondering, like, as you've continued to pursue into this um, area of medicine, like, what are some of the obstacles that you've um, occurred as far as helping people to 
get on the train and really um, start to really do the hard work? Well, I, yeah, first of all, I'll just comment on the statistics. Is It's interesting, The um, some of what you read was pulled from our website there, and um, and I think literally since we've put that on the website just a few years ago, things have gotten actually worse. Mm. And, uh, and I think we really are. We're moving to a time when probably more than 50% of Americans are going to are having metabolic syndrome for example and so so this is literally it's it's a societal cultural disease that's based on really our food supply mostly and then some other things thrown in but um, it's just literally most of us are going to have this problem and it and it's a problem that that literally uh, cannot be dealt with by by traditional means so it, so it has to be dealt with by changing the, the specific behaviors that cause it. So, so uh, you know, obesity uh, in the in the probably before 1980, I think we were talking 15 um, percent or less, and um, and now we're getting up to the over 50 percent. You know, it's going to be a majority. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, so what are other means that we can can help each other? And I think that there's a huge community influence here, and I, I've just found. For example, that a, um, a fellow physician that is on board, I, it just popped into my mind a couple of local ophthalmologists that are just really on board with us, and um, uh, they've, they've learned about metabolic disease, and you know, specifically you can imagine from the effect of diabetes on the eyes, and so then they become... When, my, when our patients go see them, they really enhance what we're doing because they just they say, hey, you're, you're on the right track. Your eyes are looking better. Uh, you're doing the kinds of things that will preserve your eyes. Uh, so, that, so we find that the physicians that support us and support the process make a huge difference. And by the same token, there's still physicians that, um, uh, and I can hardly blame them, but are just still intent on these sort of traditional guideline-based methods. And... Um, uh, I have had uh, um, doctors tell my patients, uh, uh, why are you struggling with all this? Just do bariatric surgery. Um, I've had others um, immediately start my patients on, on several meds, which has then caused a discouragement in them in the process, and then they've, they've, they have not uh, continued their process of change because um, they begin to focus on this idea of, well, medicine is going to make me healthy. Sure. And so, uh, yeah, so I think there's a huge element of, of the more uh, sort of people get on board with, with how people can really be healthy, then we can work together as a community on this. Years ago, like somebody had asked me, like, if, is diabetes reversible? And, you know, my understanding of the illness is once you had it, then it was just managed, um, yes. you know, through medication um, primarily. And um, and that was my understanding, and and so you know I, I think there's a, you know a real need um, for not just the the medical community, um, or not just the community at large, but also the medical community just to understand that no this is, um, you know this is created you know often by um, behavioral choices um, you know influenced, but it's also reversed as well by you know changing behaviors as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we again. Um the, the typical idea of, of diabetic education was really educating folks into the idea that you, you have a chronic disease, it must be managed. So we would emphasize things like 
checking your blood sugar on a regular basis and uh, and making sure you take your medications and here you know here's what this chronic disease will do to you here here's the process but we can slow it down you're you're you know if you've got diabetes you're eventually going to end up on insulin but let's hold that off you know so it was all that idea and so you can imagine you you inculcate a, a sick mindset like I'm I'm a sick person I need meds to to sort of manage and so it's really a it's a radical concept that we rather than going down a road of being on eight or nine meds we want you to be on zero meds we don't want you on any med- medicine so and so that and again so that's you can imagine that what a different way of educating that is. Well, um, yeah, maybe take us through, like, you know, let's say you have a patient, someone reach out to you and say, you know, Dr. Pardue, um, I have, you know, diabetes or some, you know, chronic illness and um, a metabolic illness, and I'm, I want to get off these meds, help me, like, what do I need to do? What's, what's my first step? What's my second step? And tell me um, yeah. the process. Well, I will, you know, I'll start out just educating them from my point of view and tell, tell them what I've learned about it and encourage them that it's a, a reversible process. Um, and then just, I really try to, you know, from a doctor's standpoint, explain explain why I don't think they have to be on a, say for example, a statin drug immediately or a glucose lowering drug immediately. So in other words, I try to use whatever trust they have in me or the authority I have as a physician to to really get them comfortable with the idea that that drugs aren't the answer so to speak and then um, and then just talk through uh, what I the, the steps I think we can take related to diet exercise sleep stress that that will really make a difference and then talk to them about well how you know so then how are we going to proceed with that and, and one of the first things we often do is that we have in our office trained um, some of our uh, nurse practitioners and PAs to do what we call medical nutrition therapy, where they just right there in the office start the process of a more intensive education. So it like it allows them to have a, for example, a whole hour or so for the first visit to really begin the intensive education, and then um, and then sort of from there, then the process of getting over to to vital signs for the more intensive group programs, which include, again, so not just instruction on nutrition, but intensive work with behavior change, uh, fun, what we call functional exercise, which is sort of exercise d- designed to, I'm sure much like you teach your patients, sure. exercise for, the, uh, for their life, you know, the kinds of things that will literally make a difference in the movements they do every day. Uh, but then also, but specifically along those lines, exercises that are designed to affect the um, well, the process of insulin resistance in muscles. So, for example, we want them to really work out their muscles and get stronger because that's one of the things that reverses diabetes. And um, and so so yeah, so it's it's working with me as a physician, then getting with other parts of our staff, and then getting over to vital signs for the for the real intensive work of, of change. Sure, and it sounds like you guys have created uh, created a real community support to assist people on various levels, you know, group support, trainers, um, nutritionists Absolutely. to help guide those steps. Because 
the solution sounds pretty simple, yes. right? Yes, yes. <laughs> but then the execution of um, of the simple recipe is the difficult part, which people struggle with, right? And so it sounds like you've really designed a program that identifies, understands um, the success rate of just giving somebody the guidelines on a sheet of paper doesn't help. Well, and one of the one of the interesting things um, is that if you think about, like, I, I can readily think of, um, well, for example, one patient told me that his insulin cost a specific kind of injector that he had cost uh, six hundred dollars per month. And so it's very common now for for our insulins to cost just outrageous amounts. So I can think of some of the other newer type two diabetes meds that that readily cost two to three hundred dollars a month. So people and people have high deductibles, so they're paying a lot of this out of their pocket. Mm-hmm. Well, we have um, so our program, w- one of our main programs at Vital Science, is called Launch. That's diabetes reversal. Costs five hundred dollars for a uh, for a ten week program, and uh, and in the process of that program, people almost everyone gets off mo- at least most, if not all, their medicine. And it's just, it's interesting that, that people will still say, and they are so used to saying, well, does insurance cover it? But for various reasons, they'll, they'll still balk at $500, yet pay all this money for these meds. Mm-hmm. And so, so also is just to get people really just thinking differently about, about how, how you get healthy. Right. And what is it, you know, what kind of lifestyle are you looking, you know, to yeah. live, you know, is the with the course that you're on, are you going to be happy with that? And what yes. is that worth to you, right? Absolutely. Um, yes. Yeah, and I, um, I saw a comic recently about two two doors, and there was a, uh, one of the doors on the door that said, you know, like injections, um, prescription medications, uh, surgery, and, you know, the line was out the door. And then the other door um, was said behavioral changes, and there was like one person well, there. Yes. So that's... Um, that's uh, that's the challenge, and you know that's the field that I work in too. Is you know I'm you know want to help people to avoid you know going down the the route of just you know masking symptoms with pain medication or injections or surgery, and then asking the what I say is the better question of, yes. of like why is this gone bad in the first place? If we answer that question, which what you're doing as well is you know if we if we figure out why. The metabolic system has gone haywire, and we, you know, address it at that level. Then we're going to really, you know, um, have the right solution and create a, a longevity, you know, as far as improving somebody's quality of life. Yes, absolutely. And I, you know, one of the things is this idea of um, we've just almost accepted this idea that uh, at fifty years old I feel terrible. So I wake up in the morning and I'm achy and I'm stiff and I uh, have my energy's dropping, and well, it's just aging. And so, what we're thinking about is you don't have to go into that decline. And this idea of squaring off the the curve, where you, you know, obviously we're all going to die, but we don't have to be in a in a chronic decline before that. And I, a lecture I heard in the '90s that, that was one of the ones that really set me on this path was the guy said, uh, he said, my goal is that. When I'm 90 years old, I'm going to be snow skiing with my great grandkids and, and run into a tree and die. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. So, yeah. So uh, yeah. So we yeah don't have to the chronically decline and then just have this sort of expensive, long term sort of miserable uh, existence. Sure. Well, great. Well, um, 
want to transition here just into um, the five questions that I like to wrap up um, the episode with. And uh, as far as highlighting Knoxville, um, Dr. Pardue. So um, the first question, what is something on your Knoxville bucket list, East Tennessee, that you're itching to get out and do explore? I'm not going to give as much as one that's uh, a personal experience bucket list. It's something I'd like to see happen and be involved with in my my lifetime. That's we do a lot of work in the inner city, and um, and I would love. And, and one of the things we see is is these metabolic diseases are very much accelerated in that setting with the sort of uh, in lack of availability of healthy foods and just many other things that go with that. And so we're seeing these kids under 10 that are developing diabetes and, and just extreme obesity in very young ages. And so one of the, one of my bucket list things is to, is for us to figure out how to um, apply our, our vital signs methodologies and the things we've learned in that setting. Sure. For the children that are, don't have those resources. Absolutely. That's great. Yes. Well, um, if, um, if Dr. Pardue had a day off, um, had a evening, afternoon, just to um, do something that he likes doing around here in Knoxville, what would it be? Gosh, I, I've, I'm thinking of several things. I, my, my wife and I lately um, have, have been absolutely loving to go over to uh, Lakeshore Park and um, walk around the loop over there. I, mm-hmm. if, if people haven't been there and seen it, it's just uh, they've done so many things to enhance it and make it beautiful and put benches to sit on and picnic tables and just going by the, the river there. Uh, it's just absolutely beautiful now, and um, so that's that's a resource in Knoxville that I think hopefully more and more people will take advantage of. All right, and if you were taking uh, your wife out on a date, maybe a favorite restaurant, where would you guys be going to? <laughs> I don't know if it's my favorite, but I, I if when we go walking at Lakeshore, we then like to stop by Zoe's Kitchen um, there gotcha. on, on Bearden Hill, and uh, it's just I mean it's fresh. Uh, healthy food um it's, it really tastes good mm-hmm. you know? yeah my wife and i like greek food that's one of our yes. like if we had to pick one style of food it'd probably be greek food too your best tip for staying healthy dr pardue <laughs> um well it's a hard one to boil down but I, I think a lot of it comes down to to mindset and that's just that um sort of sort of why do you want to stay healthy and i I like to think of it in terms of stewardship. I, God gave me a, a body, and um, I want to uh, I want to take care of it to do the things He has for me to do, and to just have have joy in doing those things. And so, I think when I start from that that mindset, it also keeps me out of a lot of the, the sort of obsessive thinking we hear in wellness that just um, that that I think, it, frankly, increases stress and causes other other problems. So. So just a mindset of stewardship, and then from there become educated of of what are what are good foods to eat, mm-hmm. what what are good exercises or good movements I can do, and that sort of thing. Great. Well, um, for our listeners, if um somebody wants to explore the vital signs and um, get more information, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you? Um, they can call uh, my office at Trinity Medical Associates. Um, at uh, 5390270, or they can call down to, um, they can look up vitalsigns.com um, on the, um, or, I'm sorry, vitalsignswellness.com and uh, get all the information they need about direct contact with uh, 
with vital signs. We love to have people not just from our medical practice, but from all over uh, contact us and come come do our programs and see what we have to offer. All right. Well, I know we've, um, sounds like just even scratched the surface, um, and this is a great topic. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the show and um, spreading your wealth of knowledge to our community. Absolutely, John Mark. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Stay healthy, Knoxville. Thank you for tuning in to the Stay Healthy Knoxville podcast brought to you by Simply Physio. If your pain is preventing you from staying healthy and active and you'd like to avoid surgery, pain medicine, or just want to get back to doing the things you love in and around Knoxville, we offer both a free ebook and free over-the-phone consultation to help you figure out the root cause of your pain and the next best steps for resolving it. Find our ebooks online at simplypt.com health-tips. There you will find ebooks for topics such as neck and shoulder pain, lower back and hip pain, knee pain, and TMJ. These quick-to-read reports will provide you with expert tips, tricks, and exercises to help solve your pain from the comfort of your own home. Just visit simplypt.com health-tips to download your ebook and have it delivered directly to your inbox. We also offer free, no-obligation phone consultations with a doctor of physical therapy to Knoxville area residents. Just call us at 865-351-0615 or visit us at simplypt.com and click the Talk to a PT button on the home page to schedule a call with us. Thanks again for joining us, and we will see you next time on the Stay Healthy Knoxville podcast.